Hello, one and all, and everyone else. Yeah, I want to say hello to everybody out there. Um, Chip and Eric read through the Bible. And today is day 279. And we're in a new book, Eric. It's one of your favorite books. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. That is one of my favorite books. And today we're going to read Ecclesiastes 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Wow. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it came tomorrow, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Knows? It's a good book. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. I preached through this book a few years, well, many years ago now. And uh, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It was hard, but yeah. it was good. Yeah. Just diving into it and unpacking Jeff Nattier it. told me about that. Oh, okay. Yep. He said he had never yeah. read it the way that he reads it now because of that series. Oh, interesting. So, big shout out to oh. Jeff Nattier. Yeah, it was very interesting. I don't think we have shouted out Jeff Nattier, and I know he's a listener. Oh, good job, Jeff. Way to go. Yeah. Appreciate that. Hope you're enjoying listening in your warm office. <laughs> With all your cows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I talked to you the other day and there all this mooing going on. Oh, I know. Uh, it's it was, great. Yeah, it was great. It was well, fun. in between bot radio, he listens to Chip and Eric read through the Bible. <laughs> That's good. It's good. Okay, Eric, let's get to it. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. I, the teacher, was king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore wisdom. By wisdom, everything being done under heaven, I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. I observed everything going on under the sun. And really, it's all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself, by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any other kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. 
I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. For who can do this better than I, the king? I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. And a whole... And all who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish. Yet they will control everything I've gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless. A great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's all meaningless. So I decided that there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless like chasing the wind. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on all us, on us all, yet God made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. I also noticed that under the sun there is evil in the courtroom. Yes, even the courts of law are corrupt. I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. I also thought about the human condition, how God proves to people that they are like animals. For people and animals share the same fate. Both breathe and both, both must die. So people have no real advantage over the animals. How meaningless. Both go to the same place. They came from dust and they return to dust. For who can prove that the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animals goes down into the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better, than for, nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. 
That is our lot in life, and no one can bring us back to see what happens after we die. Again, I observed all the oppression that takes place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, with no one to comfort them. The oppressors had great power, and their victims were helpless. So I concluded that the dead are better off than the living. But most fortunate of all are those who are not yet born, for they have not yet seen all the evil that is done under the sun. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless like chasing the wind. Fools fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. I observe yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who was all alone, without a child or a brother, yet he works hard to gain such wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. It's better to be poor, but why, better to be a poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. Such a youth could rise from poverty and succeed. He might even become king, though he has been in prison. But then everyone rushes to the side of yet another youth who replaces him. Endless crowds stand around him, but then another generation grows up and rejects him too. So it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not to keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin, and don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry, and he might wipe out everything you had ever achieved. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. Don't be surprised if you see a poor person being oppressed by the powerful and if, injusti and if justice is being miscarried throughout the land. For every official is under orders from higher up, and matters of justice get lost in red tape and bureaucracy. Even the king milks the land for his own profit. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. <laughs> so what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom, seldom get a good night's sleep. There is another serious problem I've seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour, and everything is lost in the end. Everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the way we the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. And this too is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. It is good for people to eat, 
drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them, and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health, and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they can take no time to brood over the past. Hmm. past. And, and that, that is, is our, our reading, reading today. today. Oh, yeah. Deep in the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah, and while we were in there, we had two questions in mind. We did. Yeah. What's it say about God, and what's this say about us? So, Chip. Yep. What's it say about God? Let me say, let me say it this way. Um, God can take the meaningless and make it meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the meaningless are things apart from God. And we'll never be satisfied, no matter how much we take in or how much money we have or how many friends we have. Those are things of the world, and they're, they're meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. But God can take the meaningless, and he can make it meaningful. You know, he can, he can add value to it. And, and he wants us to enjoy it, but only when we fear him, trust him, do it his way, follow his plan. And it is about a fearing God and trusting him with these things. I like what it says when the writer says, uh, for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? Hmm. So really, God is the answer. So anything apart from God is meaningless. And God can make things meaning, meaningful. Yeah. And absolutely. has value to it. Yeah, so true. So don't try to go through life without God. I guess that's the yeah, and the don't, big thing. Yeah, I mean, look at all the stuff that you have or or even the stuff that you don't have and you're thinking about it and just recognize that without God, what you have is meaningless and without God, your desire for other things is meaningless. Yeah, I love that. That's good. You know, I was thinking as we were reading this, especially when he said, that's our lot in life and no one can bring us back to see what happens after we die. I think if you could stand there in front of Solomon as he's writing this and maybe maybe he reads it to you and you stand there and you say, well, we're all going to come back to life. <laughs> I think it would change everything in this book. Hmm. I think it would change everything in this book. You know, and I'm not saying that it's flawed. I'm just saying that he, he lacks that perspective. You yeah. Know? yeah. And it's just like in Job, which we'll read here in a few days where he says, you know, once I go down to the grave, there's no coming back. Well, Actually, mm-hmm. you know, and so just I think that changes everything. And so if you catch yourself thinking like the ecclesiastical teacher here, you know, you might think, oh, but I am coming back to life. You know, you might just consider that yeah. fact. Yeah. Like, like the, the hope that he's missing is coming back. Mm-hmm. And we have that. We yeah. have that. So there was one other thing I was going to say, but I want you to respond to that first. Yeah, yeah. That's just, um, I've heard it described as an eternal perspective. Yeah. You know, now we can have this eternal perspective today, but they did not have that. He yeah. Can, he didn't have it for sure. Right. You know, um, but he, you could tell he was wrestling with it. There's something there, something missing. Um, and now we have this eternal perspective on on what we do and why we do it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... Uh, Having money today as a, a believer isn't just to hoard money. That would be meaningless. Right. But as a believer, if I have money, now I can give to the poor. Mm-hmm. I can invest, make investments here that can last for eternity. That's yeah. an eternal perspective yeah. that can make a difference. So. I love that. And that goes for relationships, too. And this is the part I was going to talk about. Uh, you know, when we're in such a tough spot, like life is hard. Everyone dies. Time rolls on. Everyone gets forgotten. There's no formula for exactly how to have this great, magnificent life full of comfort and and fulfillment. Like, you know, there's all of those things are true, 
and yet he he leans on this idea of man we better have some support and so like this relationship piece so just talking about this you know the triple braided cord and i just think that so often like man that's so true so i fell one time i was riding my bike in colorado when i was a kid mm. and i fell into a prickly pear mm. so i'm laying on the ground and i'm stuck in cactus you can if you fall on a cactus you cannot get up because wherever you push down mm. right and so i'm laying there and i can't get up and i you know i'm all poked up and and here i am and i just was like how am i going to get out of this thing and then my friend jared grabbed me by my shirt and pulled yeah. me off of it huh. you know and yeah. it was like i i wasn't a believer at the time but like now i look back on that and i'm like man if a man falls he might not be able to get back up mm. But if you've got someone there to grab you, mm. you know, so I just think, man, in light of all the things he's talking about in this, make strong relationships, people mm. that can pick you up and then be ready to pick up your brother or your sister when they fall. I just think that that's so important. That's true. That's good. That's very good. I like that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're going to finish the book of Ecclesiastes tomorrow. Yep. And uh, we appreciate everybody out there, even Jeff Nattier with all the cows. I think especially Jeff Nattier with all of his cows. Yes. Yeah. Especially. Especially Jeff mm -hmm. out of here. All right. Okay. See you later. Don't worry, Jeff. We're not going to call you out every day and embarrass you. I don't think he would. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would love that. No, so. he probably wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. See you.